0: Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. I want you to go with me this morning. I want you to go with me on this and I want you to picture it. I want you to feel it. You've had an incredible meal. And and, and, and everything inside of you feels filled. There's not a space left where it's like, I I can't eat another thing You've had that feeling before, right? You've had that feeling where you've already undone the belt a little bit, right? The top button has popped open a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You've been in this seat before, picture it What's the one thing someone could bring out? That you said you weren't hungry anymore you said you had no room left, but they could bring one thing out. What is that one thing that would say, I got to keep going? What's that one thing where you say, Hey, this is worth it. I can, I can conjure up a little more feeling of hunger inside of me. I've had this experience a couple times in my life. So I'm asking myself this question this week. Scott, what would be on your short list of things? that you go, yeah, that would do it. And I thought about, you know, many of you know, I didn't grow up in the, grew up in the South. And, and there's certain things that Southern culture has brought me over the last about 20 years. And, and I thought about two words. Banana Pudding. <laughs> I mean you with me on this like I've had that I've had this occasion where it's like I'm done I'm, I'm tapping out you know Bradley Hodges our worship leader his wife Carla sitting right over here she's done this to me a few occasions because I like Carla's banana pudding and I've been in that place so I'm like I'm good Pastor Scott's getting on stage every week and I gotta look good you know like I'm done but then it comes out I'm like okay it's game on Like, it's game on, let's go. The competitiveness and that hunger comes out. So the question this morning is, what is that thing that pushes you to keep going, to find the next level of hunger that you didn't know you had? Because we're going to continue this series we've been in this summer. And Paul's not going to talk about food, but he is going to talk to these people, these friends, this church that he absolutely loves. He's going to talk to them, and he's going to push them again, all right? He's going to push them to, to see that there's still a little more to come that they haven't experienced yet that they haven't arrived yet, or they haven't gotten everything that Jesus has for them. And maybe he's going to push us. Maybe he's going to push us to say, there's still more you should be hungry for. And maybe it's going to be through this sentiment. He's going to ask, has your and my hunger in life been satisfied too easily? Maybe he's going to ask us today, Is your and my hunger in life been satisfied too easily? So if you've been with us through the summer, we have been walking through uh, this series of conversations, going through this book that was written by Paul in prison in around the year 62 A.D., now I spoke the first three teachings and then the last two weeks we've had Calicus and then we had Misty share and I'm so proud of them. I just want to tell you, it's, it's really cool for me that, that I don't have to be the only voice because God has blessed us with some Jesus-loving, skilled people that can just bring His Word to you. And it's really cool whether uh, in the last year it's been uh, Bob has spoke or Bradley has spoke or Amber has spoke, Kalik has spoke, Misty has spoke. These are all people that God has blessed us to hear from. And so I'm really proud of them. But we're gonna continue um, for the next three weeks that I'm gonna finish out this book. And so for today, if you've got your Bible... Maybe your phone, if you don't have a Bible and there's ones in the seat, if you're watching or listening online, um, grab your Bible. We're gonna go to Philippians chapter three, and today is 12 through 21, okay? I'm gonna give you a minute to grab that. You can always follow on the screen. I'm gonna give you a minute to grab this so you can engage with Scripture today. Here we go, verse 12. Paul says, not that I've already attained all this, or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win a prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I know all of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that you know, to God, he'll make that clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Now join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I've told you uh, before, and now I tell you, even with tears in in my eyes, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Okay, let's stop for there today. Let's remember something that, that I, 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 I remind you often, but as we walk through this, that we are breaking this series up into eight different weeks, right? We're walking through, we started second week of June, we're going to end the last week of July. We're walking through this whole book, whole letter, and so at the end of the summer, we have, we have walked through this whole thing, but how would this letter have been presented to this people? Um, it, Paul was in prison and sent it back probably with a man the first week, Epaphroditus, we said, and he, that he would stand in front in this church that, you know I'm guessing-ish, but between 50 and 100 people maybe, they would stand there or sit there, and he would read it, incompleteness, right? He would read it one time, and then if the letter was passed on to other cities, other churches, they would read it as a letter all the way through, continuously. We're breaking it up, but that's not how it would have been understood, how read. So what we have today, we're continuing the thought that was said last week, the thoughts that Misty had brought, and so what we need to do is to kind of get a, a running start into this to remind us what is coming off. Let's just remember what Paul said last week. He was talking about his confidence in the flesh, if you remember. He's talking about if he wanted to, uh, people to give him the credibility he deserves. He if he wanted to brag, he could do this because of where he came from, who he learned under, the things that he had done. But what does he say? Mm-mm, that's all garbage actually used a stronger word than garbage he said this is nothing compared to who Jesus is and the life that he called me to I want to remind you today as we walk into today's text I want to go back just to verse 7 and read into so once again you can see how we land today he says but whatever were gains to me everything I'd done where I'd come from, who had taught me, all the things that give him credibility. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing, uh, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may, that I may gain Christ from the dead. I want to die to myself so I can get life just as Jesus did through the death and resurrection. This is where we were last week. It's almost like he's saying, this is what I want for my life. I think in this, he's almost giving a glimpse of what his life mission statement would be. He's like, let me give you a picture of really what I want to uh, at the end of my life, this is what I will want to accomplish. And he continues today. And he says, but not I've not attained all this yet. I haven't arrived at everything I want from life yet. I am not done yet. There is still more to come. Through this week, as I researched and studied, you know, the things you'd expect me to do in preparation for Sunday, there's a theme that I kept coming up with, kept reading from people, that there's a thought that maybe Paul writing here is maybe trying to get ahead of something. Because it was approximately maybe eight years prior to writing this letter, he wrote another letter to another church in another city called Corinth. You know these letters as 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Now, Paul really, really loves this church uh, in Philippi, and he loves that church in Corinth, I'm sure. But in the book of Corinthians, there's a lot of corrections. That church is kind of jacked up in a lot of ways, okay? Like, there's a lot of stuff. He has to go into attack mode a lot of times and go, why are you doing this? Stop doing this. He, he's really got to push them. Now, one of the ways it seems that they're, they're getting off track is they thought they had arrived. One of the ways they got on track is they thought that they had come to this place of perfection, that they really felt highly of themselves, that they had arrived and they, they didn't need to, to grow, and so we see this in the Corinthian church, and knowing Paul loves this Philippian church, we're wondering if he's trying to get ahead of something and saying, hey, don't fall into this trap. Don't fall into this trap thinking you've arrived. There's still not more, there's still not growth. Don't start having this mindset because they get you in a bad place. And so he's, he's saying to them, hey, there's still more to experience. There's still more that Jesus has for them. And so with that thought in mind, I almost think this section of 12 to 21, that maybe Paul's giving, I'll I'll say three warning signs. Or, Or maybe three things that he's like, hey, pay attention to this, focus on this, because if you don't, Life is not going to be exactly what it's supposed to be maybe I could say this that there are some life decisions That either can make or break us from experiencing what jesus has for us That maybe there's some areas in our life and decisions we make that either can bring us down or launch us into something We've never experienced before and maybe paul is saying hey, can I show you these areas? Because if you pay attention to them, you will experience more on the other side of where you are. There's still something that may be everything that you've been waiting for in life, but you've settled. So three things, three things, okay? So the first one, let's go back to um, the beginning of Philippians. He says, but one thing I do. After he says, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't taken a hold of everything that Jesus has. I haven't arrived. One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining uh, toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In 1992, there was a woman named Beth Ann DeSantis. Beth Ann got it in her mind that she had a goal that she wanted to run the marathon in the Olympics. Well, to run the marathon in the Olympics, she needed to run it in two hours and 45 minutes. And so she began to train. She began to train and train. And the day came when the trial run was going to be. And she gets to the line, and she begins running, and she's doing great. She is on time. She's going to make it. And but, but about 23 miles in, it's said that she starts feeling mental and physical strain and pain. And she continues until there's about 200 yards away. And she has two minutes left, which is plenty of time. It said that she falls. And people see her go to the ground. She lays there for 20 seconds, it said. Mentally, physically wrestling with herself. Wanting to continue and reach her goal, but she's met, like, almost hit a wall. But she gets up, and she continues on in the race. And she gets so there's almost, it's maybe five, six yards away from the end. But there's ten seconds left, and she falls again. And But the people watching that day see a woman with hand over hand knee-over-knee knee crawling, and it said that she reaches out and crosses that line in two minutes, and two hours, 44 minutes, and 57 seconds. Beth Ann had met her goal Beth Ann had reached what she had trained for And that she went for in her mind She said, I want to accomplish this She pressed in She pressed forward She knew what she wanted to accomplish in her life And I think Paul is saying One thing I do is I have a goal in life Which makes me press on toward the prize Now the people listening to this They would understand he's talking Greek culture They had the Greek style Olympics And they would have races, they would run, and at the end of the races, if they did win, their prize would not only be uh, affirmation and just people praising them, they would stand up and they'd get a wreath on their head. But Paul knows the wreath isn't the prize. Paul was helping them see that they hadn't arrived left, but they needed to understand in life that there was a goal that was bigger than what this world is offering, because he knows what I think we should know is our goals in life determine the prize we end up with. The goals we make in life will determine the prizes we end up with. Do you know many times most times the things you end up with are the things you made goals whether um, Unconsciously or consciously That you end up experiencing the results of the goals that you make whether you think you made them or not We end up in the place that we aim for Whether we know it or not And we had better be careful we had better be thoughtful about what we determine our life goals should be. On Monday, um, I get in, and I don't know, 7.45-ish. I find out a little bit later that someone's been calling the church. A man's been calling the church, and I get the number from the front office, and he really wants me to call him. So I call him. He says, Scott, uh, can I come in and talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, bro, come on. He's like, I'm five minutes away, let's go I said, right, I'm in my office He gets there and I meet him at the front door And we begin to walk down And we have a conversation with each other This man's about 65 years old He's talking through a few things in his life And things with our relationship And different things And he says, Scott, but you know The number one thing that I want to talk about today I came here today because I need to give my life to Jesus I need to just pray because Scott, I've been, he tells me a story, I've been a part of this church back when it was on Greensboro Avenue and some of you are like, what? We've been around a long time, y'all. And he's been around, he said, I grew up in this place. He said, I've been baptized in the 80s. But Right there in my office, he says, but Scott, I'm not living for Jesus the way I should. Attitude, lifestyle, I've got to begin this new journey, I just wanted to come to pray with you today. He's like, I've got to get involved more, I've got to serve more, I've got to get with people again, I've just named these things. I've got to change the direction, the goals of my life today. And so, we, right there in my office, I've got my arm around him, and he's praying of God, forgive me. A prayer of just repentance and submission, and just giving his life. That Here's the deal, Paul When he gave his life to Jesus, his goals in life changed with it, which changed the prize that he was going to receive in the end. That this man that was sitting here, Paul and his experience, weren't looking in the rearview mirror of what I did or what I've experienced, past decisions, past salvation. I gave my life to Jesus years ago. Yeah, but what about today? The direction that you're headed. We don't look at what we've done. We look at what's ahead and the goals and the life that Jesus is calling us to. And so Paul's saying to the church in Philippi and he's saying to the church in Tuscaloosa, what are your goals in life? What is the prize that you're going to end up with? Verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God, God will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Have you ever been around someone and you're like, man, they just have some wisdom in life? And you know when you've got a problem, you know where to go. These, this person is the person I want to talk to. Have you ever known someone who's younger than you and you just, in your mind you're like, man, they've got wisdom beyond their years. There's almost a sense these people have it more figured out than you. That they've got it more together than You. This word mature In verse 15 Is the word teleos And this word means complete Alright James, the author of the letter Of the New Testament, he uses this word In James 1.4, he says Let perseverance Finish its work So that you may be mature And complete Not lacking anything Get the essence here, right Paul's saying, hey, I've just told you about what life's about. And he says, more mature, more complete people, they'll think about life this way. They'll think about life in the way it should be looked at with with the prize The goals set the way they're supposed to be set. And if you don't think that way, then something needs to be changed. And I think what needs to be changed is what he follows it up with, that we need to ask and allow God to reorder our thinking. You see, he says, if in some way you think differently than this, he says, God will make that clear to you as well. That God will work in you to bring a clarity you haven't had in your life. And I think this is one of the amazing things about following Jesus, surrendering our life to Jesus, submitting ourselves. is that life is never promised to get easier, right? Any gospel, any teaching that brings that when you follow Christ, it's all good, it's all prosperity, it's all, that is not the gospel. The gospel is not gonna get easier, but I do think the truth is it gets clearer. Right. It doesn't get easy, but it gets clear that when we allow God to reorder our minds with right and true thinking, we allow it then to Him reorder our goals for how we're gonna live life, life may not get easier, but it will get more clear. And from my experience, this is where peace and calmness enter our life. This is where joy and hope Begin to dominate where anxiety and fear used to be. Life doesn't necessarily get easier, but it does get clearer when we surrender, when we submit our mind to this. And to the point where I'll say, I sometimes think, I sometimes think when we live stressful lives, we're always blaming it on our circumstances that bring stress. And I'm wondering if we need to reshape our thoughts that maybe it's not the circumstances but it's our mindsets in the middle of circumstances. That if No matter what we're walking through we submit our mind our thoughts to christ Does he bring a clarity that brings peace and calmness in the midst Of anxiety and fear where it normally would take over Does it bring joy and hope because um, the situation doesn't change but our minds are reordered And then we can take a hold Of what we've already attained in jesus question from this does god need to reorder your thinking today so you can grab a hold of what he has given you in jesus here's the fear we can believe in jesus but we don't grab a hold of the life that jesus brings us invited us to We can believe in jesus, but we don't ask him to reorder our thinking So we stay in the same mindset of pre-jesus But just applying jesus like a sticker or a stamp to our life And jesus says no I want to reorder your thinking I want to grow you in this which changes what your life is about And if you don't There's a trap there and paul doesn't want the church in philippi to fall into that trap He doesn't want us either Number three, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. Just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I've often told you before, and I'm telling you even with tears, and I love the vulnerability of Paul. He cares so deeply this I tell you often when we read his words, it's like he's fighting for us. He's fighting for his people. I just want you to have this so badly. It breaks my heart when people don't live in this because of what they're missing out. It says, even with tears, many live as an enemy of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. If our mind is not reordered, Paul is saying, the destiny is destruction. the God becomes a stomach, and the glory is their shame. Their mind will be on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrew culture is not American culture. Hebrew culture, their stomach, was often used as analogies like we would say, our heart. And this doesn't make sense to us, and sometimes we miss the words that they would use because their culture isn't our culture. And it makes sense why the stomach can be used as an analogy that way, is because they don't have the luxuries that we have. I assume you have a refrigerator in your home. Assume as you drive home today, you'll drive by many grocery stores, many options of where food could be purchased. They didn't have these things. Even if they did have these things, they probably didn't have the finances to buy these things. Food was truly a day-to-day thing. This is why the Lord's Prayer is what? Give us our daily bread. It's literal to them. For us, when we read this, we're just like, yeah, I get what he's saying. It's give us our needs for the day. And that is true. But for them it's literally Give us our daily food Give us what we need It's literal We can't relate to this um, Because of our life But because of that thought The stomach often could set their pace for life Which is why Roman leadership culture had a mindset this mindset was said to, "If we feed the people, they will give us their loyalty." The mindset was, if you let the people feel comfortable, they won't rebel against us. If we keep the people comfortable, then we can do what we want, because really what people want is just what's in front of them for that day. It's weird how their culture is nothing like our culture. But this is a mindset. Keep the people fed. And we'll have them. John talks about this in his gospel because Jesus has an event where he speaks or he feeds thousands of people. And after he feeds them, if you remember this in John's gospel, they want to make him king. And he says, they only want to make me king. Why? Why? Fed them this is a concept that runs through this and Paul wants the church their church and our church to see the truth that we need to hunger for more than instant gratification That we need to hunger and stop settling for instant gratification that just feeds the stomach, and I'll use that figuratively for us today, that feeds us in the want we have right now. I started today by asking a real-life question. What would stir your hunger even after you felt full? What would cause you to say, no, I'll keep going because that's worth it. I can find another level of hunger if it's that. This isn't the first time that Paul's pleading them with them to look at their citizenship as in heaven chapter 2 i've already spoken about this that he says conduct yourself in a way of you're a citizen of heaven not a citizen of here and he's saying it again he needs the people to realize that this world is not their home their loyalty should not be to the roman kingdom the loyalty should not be to the country and that citizenship in heaven is not always going to give you this deep level of satisfaction in the instant gratification but it is going to be better than anything they can get in this world and so he's pleading with them let's do this together follow my example and the other people who have this kind of mindset that we keep our eyes on the uh, our eyes on the prize because other people they're, they're, they're distracted And their destiny is their destruction. This is the prize they're going to get. If you chase the things that everyone else chases, if you chase the things that your broken nature wants to chase, the prize won't be what it could be. There is so much more because Jesus is coming back and he's invited us to want the prize that he brings not some wreath, not some food not something that the world has offered you there's some choices to make in life there's some mindsets that Paul wants us to have And the questions are just right there in front of us. What are you hungry for? What are your goals in life? Do you have a mindset of maturity the way Paul describes it? Do we need to pray and ask God to reorder anything in our mind for something greater than what we've been living for? Question for you, do you ever feel stuck? Do you ever feel worn out on this life? Do you ever feel a sense of I never can be satisfied? Maybe there's a reason for this hear me maybe it's because you're created for something more than this world but you're settling for this and it doesn't satisfy maybe you feel stuck under the limitations that this world brings and god's like i have more i want to do in and through you because jesus truly changes everything i believe But our mindset has to begin to say that Jesus is better than anything this world has to offer. I'm going to make what He wants as my goal in life. That maybe our hunger has been satisfied too easily with the day-to-day instant gratifications of this world. And our frustrations and our fears, our anxieties and our hopes begin to begin to dominate our life and we're like what do i do well paul would say i'm going after that but i haven't attained it yet but i'm going to press on that maybe we need to approach life like beth ann did and i will grab and claw and do whatever i need to do because i know the goal and i'm not settling for less than that I've made up my mind that I want life to be what Jesus has for me in today in heavenward, as he says. And maybe what this will do is to bring a clarity and a comfort and a peace and some joy, because when our minds change, we view life differently. And Paul says, I want my people to be mature. And if things aren't clear yet, God will make them clear. But I think we need to ask and allow God to reorder my life. Because there is so much more that you and I haven't experienced. And tomorrow when we wake up, we have a decision what we run after. When we walk out of this room today, we have a decision what we're going to run after. And there's a lot of good things in this world but may we always remember that Jesus is better than anything this world has to offer. So can I pray for us today? God, you see your people in here and you see what our goals are. You see what we're chasing after and you see the things that stress us out and I wonder, God, if things that stress us out are never supposed to stress us out because they aren't our ultimate goal. And God, I believe that this life isn't going to be easy, but it can be clear, and so I'm asking you to bring clarity to One Hope Church today, clarity on what life is about, and then clarity how we run and press towards it. God, if there are people in here today who are struggling with life, maybe we would let go that it's the circumstances, but more on how we are running after you, running after what life should be. And may we be people who, just like in my office earlier this week, be people who just say, I want to pray, and I want forgiveness, and I want to change the direction of my life. God, help one hope to be mature, complete thinking people that our view in this world would change, and you would be what our eyes are fixed on. You have more for us Help us to not settle for anything less than what you have. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.